0: You're listening to the Center Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. On Friday, for those of you who are with us, I shared this passage of scripture in 1 John chapter 4 verses 9 to 10. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. The Easter message is God's love for us first and foremost. This is what real love is. Not that we loved Him. Not that we, we somehow were such wonderful people that so admonished and, and, and praised Him that He thought, you know what, you're such great people, I'm going to die for you. But no, while we were actually sinners, while there was still stuff in our lives, while we didn't even care about Him, He cared for us and loved us. And this love wasn't just demonstrated by a feeling or by some sympathy, but it was demonstrated by sacrifice. Jesus took our sin, his penalty of death, upon himself, and died upon the cross over two thousand years ago for you and for me. Because of this amazing love, we've sung about it this morning, um, and it's, just, it's it's deeply impacting. And so, in so doing, and the, the things that we looked at on Friday were these three areas. One is that he removed the barrier. When he died upon the cross and said, it's finished, something happened. The curtain in the temple tore in two and there was suddenly this access now to the presence of God that was never there before. Before, only one priest in the, in the, uh, one priest could go in once a year, the high priest, and could make an atoning sacrifice for the sins of the people. But that was uh, only a once in a, a year experience. No one else could go in. And at the point that the curtain was torn in two, suddenly what was once unobtainable by everyone except for one person in all of humanity, once a year, was now suddenly wide open. Jesus then stood in the gap and became the curtain that when we we, we put our belief in Him, we suddenly can draw near to God and we can come boldly before His throne in grace. And what all that stood opposed to us was now removed. And Christ became this intermediate curtain or doorway that we could go through. And so in doing so, He also removed it. When He died upon the cross, He removed our shame and our condemnation he forgave our sins, and it wasn't just covering or sprinkling, blood sprinkling our sins to kind of ease the problem, but actually he removed our sins. When he died, he removed it. It suddenly was removed. Never to be remembered again. Our sins of our past, our sins of our present, and the sins of our future once and for all died upon when he died upon the cross, were removed. But also in this moment, he also disarmed the power of the enemy. You see, the enemy, because of the sins of Adam and Eve, Had legal rights to certain things. And in that time of of him dying upon the cross. We see in Colossians. It says this. He forgave all us our sins. Having cancelled the written code by its regulations. That was against us and stood opposed to us. He took it away and nailed it upon the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them. Triumphing over them by the cross. He disarmed the enemy. Triumphing over them by the cross. In Christ. The enemy no longer has authority over us, because through his death, he conquered and took back all authority. Now, this is only 50% of the equation, though. If we only stopped there, if we only stopped at Good Friday, if Good Friday was what it was all about, we just stopped there. All of those things are fantastic, isn't it? Our sins have been, rep- have been paid, our our, our, uh, our way has been created to access the Father. The enemy's been dismantled. The power that w- the, the, has been disarmed. The, the power the enemy had over us has been removed. But there's more to the story. Yeah. No, there is. Yeah. <laughs> there's more to the story. And that's why Easter Sunday is so important. Because Jesus didn't stay dead. Right. His death alone was changed everything. But His resurrection even changed more. The hope we have of a future is because Jesus rose again. His his death set us free from the prison that we are in. And the death sentence from our past. But his resurrection gave us a new destiny and a future. So if you can catch this. His death broke the past that held us bound. But his resurrection gave us a future. Is what we are moving into. His resurrection radically altered our current reality. Suddenly, all that was once uh, holding us and uh, holding us captive was now removed, and our reality had shifted at the point that he, re- he rose. His resurrection offered us a new way to live from this point forward. In fact, Jesus makes a statement to Martha and her, uh, when her brother Lazarus dies. And in fact, it's a little bit of a strange story to be talking about on Easter Sunday. But I believe there's something really powerful about this story that we're going to liken to Christ's resurrection is the resurrection of Lazarus. Is that okay if we kind of divert a little bit from the story? Because it brings it into perspective into the application of what this story means to you and to me today. Jesus didn't just rise from the dead because he didn't want to stay dead. Okay? Are you catching this? Yes. He didn't just rise from the dead because it was a good idea not to stay dead. There was a purpose and a plan that he had in, in rising from the dead. In fact, in the story of Lazarus, and he was a friend of Jesus. And as many of you know the story, Jesus uh, was told that Lazarus was really ill and Jesus, surprisingly, stays where he's at a little bit longer, even though this is Jesus who heals everyone and is this amazing guy. Suddenly, you know, doesn't respond to this need of a friend and comes along at the wrong time. And Jesus, Lazarus is already dead. He's already in the tomb and he, uh, he comes to the, the situation a little bit after the fact and it's now a funeral service. It's no longer a prayer service, it's a funeral service. And uh, we have the story, pick up the story in John 11, chapter 21, sorry, chapter 11, verses 21 to 27. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she, she told him. I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. I am the resurrection and the life. This statement, I am, and there's a number of I am statements that Jesus makes throughout his ministry, means this. The whole power to restore, impart, and maintain life resides in Jesus. I want to say that again, just to let it kind of click into our thoughts. The whole power to restore, impart, and maintain life resides in Jesus. Jesus doesn't just offer resurrection. He is the resurrection, He doesn't just offer life. He is life. And so when we put our faith into him. We're putting our faith into resurrection. We're putting our faith into life. Because he is that. And so when Jesus died upon the cross. He was the resurrection. He could not stay dead. Because he was the resurrection. And he was the life. And he is that today. Jesus demonstrated this reality. Death could not keep him in the grave. I'm sure the enemy at the point that he died, Satan and all the the, the, the the demonic forces thought they had won the victory. But then three days came and went. And something that should have stayed dead came alive. The Spirit of God raised him from the dead to the highest place in the heavenlies, as we see in Ephesians 1. Never to die again. Jesus himself became the first fruit or an example to all of those who put their faith into him. He He stands as, this is what it looks like. This is what will happen. When we choose to accept what Jesus has done for us on the cross, putting our faith into him and surrendering our lives to him, our sins are forgiven. Amen? All right. Thank you, Caleb. Our sins are forgiven. From the top. All right. Good. You're up there still awake. Good. Our relationship with God is restored. Amen. We're given authority over the enemy. That's awesome. But also, there's a resurrection. Not just in the future. Martha thought, yes, okay, Jesus. I understand Lazarus will be raised in the future. And the last times, yes, that's fantastic. I believe that. And Jesus no, no, no. I am the resurrection and the life which is now. There is a now comment that Jesus was saying, "I am it today." Jesus is the resurrection, not just when you die at some point in eternity or or in the future, but actually, He's the resurrection now in our lives. And so, what does that mean? I'm already alive. How could Jesus be the resurrection when I'm not dead? It's a good question, isn't it? It's hard to get excited about resurrection when you're not dead. Would that be fair? Yes. But not all of us is alive. There's a spirit man in all of us that Jesus calls to life. If we turn to Ephesians chapter 2, you can keep your finger in John though. Ephesians chapter 2, we see in verses 1 to 5, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Say dead. 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 That means dead. Yes. We don't need to define it much more than that. You were dead in your sins and transgressions. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And the rulers and the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them at one time. Gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. And following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest you were objects, You were by nature objects of wrath. But. Say But. So the first bit of it sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? You were dead. Flatlined. You were dead in your sins and transgressions. But, you know, whenever there's a but in the Bible and it's referring to God after that, there's always good news ahead. Okay? When it's man and then a but, it's always bad news. But with God, it's always good news. When God has a but, it's a good news. But God, in His great love for us. Again, that's what we looked at on Friday. Because of His great love for us, He forgave all our sins. Right? But because of His great love, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Because of God's great love for us, He has made us alive. What is it to be made alive? It's to be resurrected. Our, the resurrection of our spirit man. Jesus calls us to come alive in him. No longer does sin and death have a hold on us. But we are now alive. We are now restored. There's, when Jesus says, I, I, I coming to bring life to you. It means there's something deep inside of you that was once dead. Is, is made anew. It is something starts to happen inside of us. And again, what does this look like? What, what kind of example could we see? And if we go back to the story of Lazarus. He was physically dead, okay? He wasn't just spiritually dead. He wasn't spiritually dead. He was dead dead, okay? He was in the tomb dead. He was stinking dead. Right? The Bible does say, he wasn't just dead, he was stinking dead. Because they were a little bit hesitant to open the tomb because of the smell that might happen. Might might be smelt. Anyways, verses 38 to 43, it says this, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb... It was a cave with a stone laid across it. He says, take away the stone. But Lord, Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor. See? He was stinking. Stinking dead. For he has been there for four days. That's a very long time in a hot climate. Right? It's not a good idea. Can I just say that Jesus said, take away the stone. When we looked at Good Friday, Jesus took away the stone, right? He removed the barrier. He, he covered, he removed our sin. He removed the things that would stand between us and walking into life. And so when we look at Good Friday, we see the first half of the equation. Good Friday is taking away the stone, Everything that separates, everything that holds us back, everything that imprisons us is removed on Good Friday. The death upon the cross, it is finished, is taking away the stone. But he doesn't just leave us there to stink. He says in verse 40, I did not tell you, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and the Lord looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, "Loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out with his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus called out in this voice, Lazarus, come out, or Lazarus, come to life. Lazarus, resurrection is here. Lazarus was dead in, in deadness. Gone. Is that a word, deadness? I'm sure it is somewhere in the world. Deadness. He was dead. And Jesus said, come to life. I, I'm speaking life to you. And uh, in his voice, in his loud voice, he calls him to come out. And he comes out of the tomb. He's, 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 he's but still wrapped in, in grave clothes. There was still the sense of his past there. He was still, he was still confound or um, bound up with, with death. But he was then brought into a place of freedom. He says, take off the grave clothes and let him go. You see, the resurrection of Jesus has been not just brought to life, but it's also being restored and released into what God has for us. When Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and life, he isn't just saying, come alive and live in the tomb. Right? He says, come alive and come out. Come out into the things that I have for you. And so we have grave clothes. All of us have grave clothes, I believe, before we come to Christ. The things that are from our past, maybe it's hurt or pain, maybe it's addictions, maybe it's fear or worry. Maybe it's unforgiveness or bitterness. All these things that God just calls to life and calls for freedom in ourselves. All things from our old life that can bring spiritual death. God says, you know what? Be set free. Christ is the resurrection because he gives us the power of his spirit That is working in us and through us to bring the change that we need. You see, in ourselves, we can't walk into freedom by ourselves, can we? If I want to just be set free in my spirit, in my heart, I can't do that in myself. No self-help books will help me deep inside. But when we give our lives to Jesus and when we're in Him, we are in the resurrection. When my faith is in Jesus, my faith is in the resurrection. And what does that mean? Is that his resurrection power that raised him from the dead is now in me raising my spirit from the dead. And all that was binding me and holding me back is that the spirit of God comes inside of me and helps to release me. It's not up to me to try to set myself free, but the spirit of God is setting me free. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is Why? Because God is the God of restoration and the God of resurrection. That's why there's freedom when he comes into our lives is because he is freedom. His spirit brings freedom. That's the byproduct of him dwelling in our lives. We have this in Ephesians 1. We already read it today, but I just read it one more time. As I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him in the the, the right hand. Of God in the high, in the heavenly realms. Sorry. Far above all rule and authority. Power and dominion. And every title that can be given. Not only in this present age. But also in the age to come. That same power. Is in us. And what Paul is in, in praying. Is that the eyes of their hearts. And the eyes of our heart. Would be enlightened. So we would fully appreciate. The resurrection power that's in us. That no longer do we have to live in the grave. Of our old self. But when we put our faith in him, he gives us a new life. And that is the hope that we have and the understanding and the revelation that we receive. And so Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so it isn't just coming to life. But this is a new life that he gives us by the spirit It's a life that's eternal. It's a life that's more abundant. He said, well, I'm already alive. What, What are you talking about a new life? It seems almost contradictory when we're still living. To say, I'm going to give you a new life. But what happens is the change of the, your, your inner man, the, the, the person on the inside of you comes alive. When we're born into this world, the problem is, is that sin is, we're born into sin. And, and obviously, you don't have to teach a child to be naughty or bad, do you? It happens all on their own. Somehow at two years old, it just clicks in. They just, no, don't want to do that. Why do I want to do that? No, it's mine. Don't want to share. Don't like you. I'll lie. <laughs> I don't know how children learn how to lie and steal and mean and hit. Caleb, sometimes, do you mind if I bring you up to an example? You're already here, so it means I'll talk about you, Caleb, our son. You know, when he was three years old, he just had a hard time learning not to hit other kids in playgroups, and and uh, you know, lovely kid as he is, he. Parents are talking to us, can you t- please tell your child to stop hitting our children, like in explore groups. And it's like, we're not teaching them to, to hit other kids for the sake of hitting them, right? Or biting or anything else. The, the fact is, is that there's a nature in all of us that we're born and that, that old nature is dead right from the onset, and when Spirit of God comes and we say, God, I accept all that you did upon the cross, 2000, I accept all of it, I put my faith into you. What happens is, His Spirit comes in us, and something comes alive. And all of that old nature that just does bad things by default, suddenly there's a new person in you Say, hey, there's a higher way. It's a, it's a better way. I, I can love and not hit and not bite the people around me. Right, Caleb? I, there's a spirit of God that is now alive in me. Calls me to be kind and joyful and peaceful and all of those things. It's more abundantly. We're given new identities as, as new believers. And so what does it mean to have a new life, a new identity? It's the same thing as you receiving a passport. A new identity. Now anyone who... Um, I know in America it's a big thing. I'm sure it happens in the UK. Is if you if you tell um, you confess in a in a trial, and uh, they they you have to be relocated for your own protection. Does it happen in the UK? Does it witness protection? Yeah, and they give you a new identity, right? You don't just move to another place with your same name and the same. No, they change everything about you so that you can't be traced back to the bad people. Well, what happens for us as believers, we are new creations. The old is gone, the new is come, we see in Scripture. So what happens is, when we put our faith in Him, we're given a new identity. It's like a new passport. But the, the great thing is, is, this passport is from heaven, and we have new rights. We have new promises. We have a, a new family. It's us. Yeah. There's provision. God says that we can, we can trust in Him, because He's our Father. And, and we can, as a, as a re- result, there can be peace in our hearts. And so maybe our old nature, we live in a state of being stressed out and worried and fearful about our future and our finances and our family and world peace and whether the labor government or, or the, or the conservative government will be in power. All of those things can, can dominate us. But actually, God says in this new life, you can trust me. And in that, you'll receive peace. Not just peace, you'll receive joy. Not that joy, but a different joy. A joy in our hearts. Right? We get all this joy, not because of circumstances, but because of His Spirit in us, and so we don't have to just be happy clappy because we sing nice songs on a Sunday morning, but deep down inside there's a joy because we have a new life, we're part of a new family, we've got everything going on, yeah! Yeah. But it's not just that guys, there's also healing there's restoration everything to live for in life is, is is given to us and God says I will be everything so that you don't have to do it you just have to trust me and walk in my spirit and, and if you obey my spirit you won't gratify that old dead person the, the, the old you and you can now live out this new identity why? because I am the resurrection and I am the life and when you put your hope in me and you step into me suddenly you're given something new and you're not living from the past, but you're living for your future. And our challenge as believers is, is to live out this new identity, out the resurrection in the life of Jesus. I don't live because of what I was. I live now because who He calls me to be moving forward. This is the Easter message. God loved you so much. He's done all of this for you. And this could have only been accomplished if Jesus came to this world, stepped into our planet, stepped into our shoes, became that sacrifice to pay for all our sins, all the things that entrapped us, all the things that held us back. He paid for it all in one go. But then he, he, he came and rose from the, 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 the death, from the grave again. And in that resurrection, we now have a hope and we have life. And it's not just kind of this fictitious thing, this hype. But I can, we could have testimonies this, this morning, I'm sure, of people who lived a life. I know the point that they met Jesus and gave their lives to him, resurrection happened inside of them. I'm sure many of you could testify to this. And it wasn't just because of something you felt, but it, a, a reality shifted inside of you. You became the new you. This morning I want you to know that your sins are forgiven because of Jesus. A way has been made through Jesus that we can come boldly before God and have relationship with him. It's not dependent upon our good works, but it's all dependent upon what Jesus has done upon the cross. And us putting our faith into him. And in this he offers then a resurrection and life. That changes our current reality and gives us a hope for the future and a new way to live our future and live life this day forward. And our response to all of this, what does it mean? What, how do I how do I partake of this? Is simply to receive it and to live in it. There isn't a 25 step program to how you receive Jesus. You simply come to him and say, God, I put my faith into you. I may be trying to do it alone on my own. I, I may be trying to, to make a good go of life. And maybe you're doing okay for the most part. But you know the condition of your heart. You know what's going on deep inside of you. And it's only God that can bring the life to the areas that maybe you're trying to find life in money. You're trying to find life in relationships. You're trying to find life in love and, and all sorts of other things in life. And can I just tell you there's something in you that will never be satisfied until you find Jesus. Because he alone is a resurrection in life. It will not come through anything else, any other good efforts that we could put in this world. It will not come from those things. People have wasted a lot of years trying lots of things, only to find out they're all dead ends. And Jesus says, "You know what? I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the way. Pick me. Jesus today is everything that we need. And wherever you're coming from in the spectrum of faith, I pray that today you're, you're one step further, one step closer to finding who God really is in you. And maybe today you've, you've already made that decision to follow Jesus. Do you know what? Your challenge is to take off the grave clothes, to walk into a place of freedom and to live out your new identity in the resurrection in life that Jesus is. To not continue to live as you once did but to live according to the Spirit and to live out your destiny according to His plans and purposes. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.